Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. I'm sitting here at Palmetto School, Michigan, and just got to hear the Trevor Muir teach at our school, and I absolutely love him, and you will too, trust me when I tell you this. Welcome, Trevor. Now I've got a nice big head. (laughs) I love it. So excited to talk to you, though. It's so great because he is one of our, what we call our Andrew Gomez Dream Foundation speakers for our Palmetto Schools, which is a really rare indication indeed to be appointed as one of the speakers because Wynn Claybaugh is actually the head of who he allows to speak to our Palmetto School students because he protects our students and he wants to make sure it's just the best of the best. That's when don't mess with his students. <laughs> don't mess with his schools. No, don't mess with when. Exactly. And so I love it because you're a teacher. I love it because you call yourself a teacher first, which I that really resonates with me because I'm in the hairdressing world and hairdressers always say they're a hairdresser first. And you said that first because you were you taught ninth grade in high school. You're a storyteller and an author and a speaker. You have author of the book Epic Classroom, which I cannot wait to dig my hands into with our learning leaders and all of our Paul Mitchell schools as well, too. So, Trevor, I love it. Um, I'm going to call this Be Tenacious because I got to hear your story for the first time on stage. And this is called the B-Series podcast, meaning B-E, B-Series. And it's untold stories of leadership transformation. And I think we're going to uncover a few untold stories here. And just hearing you on stage today just made me really, really excited. Because Trevor, what I've noticed with myself and people around me is that people have become human doings instead of remembering that we're actually human beings. Mm. And it's kind of interesting because I was uh, I was actually uh, at, at the gym today and uh, and I said to the lady when I left out, I said, oh, have a great day. And then a man opened the door for me and he says, have a great day. And I walked to my car and I thought, why do we have this habit of telling people to have a great day? Why don't we tell people be great. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> or keep having a great day. Yes. Like don't, it's not a future thing. Yes. Like now. Yes. It's yeah. not about doing a great day. It's mm-hmm. about being that great day. And yeah. I felt it really resonated with what you talked about. And and I want to dig into this because I want I want to set the story straight because I found you on social media. <laughs> I am greatly in debt with you. I found Trevor on social media. I saw this incredible video that you made, and you basically said it's not soft skills that our millennials or anyone, I don't care who it is, needs to learn in this country. It's essential skills because there's nothing soft about getting fired. Yes. Period. And soon as I saw that, I sent it to Wynn Claybaugh and uh, Brennan Claybaugh, and I said, listen, I said, I love this because I'm so sick and tired of calling it soft skills in our school because it just sounds really dumb 
it's essential mm. skills, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so they're like, yes, I love this. And so they had you come in and speak last year to the education leaders. Yep. And now I'm only the uh, two, the second Paul Mitchell school that you're speaking at, so I feel really special. But Jacksonville mm. got you first. So I want to ask you, because it's interesting, I'm going to call this Be Tenacious because you have an incredible family, and it really started because I believe in the power of legacy. It really started with your grandma. And to That's hear right. your story it was really a heart-wrenching story. Talk about that journey and talk about what your siblings do too because I think that's pretty awesome. But talk a little bit about that journey, how you became tenacious. Yeah. Well, it, it started with my great-grandma. We called her Honey Nun. Um, and Honey Nun was like an Olympic diver back before the Depression. She, she, you know, she lived on chicken feed for a decade during the Depression. She became a world-famous photographer. Her actual name is Harriet Shepard. World-famous photographer, gymnast, dancer. She danced in Cuba before Castro. She's done all oh these phenomenal goodness. things. She got her college degree at the age of 80 because she wanted to get a college degree. Like, Stop. that's what you do. A college degree yes. at the age of 80. And then at 90, <laughs> when my great-grandfather passed away, she thought, you know what? I've always wanted to skydive. And she, he would never let me do that. And so, like, within mm. weeks of his passing, she went skydiving. And then a couple years later, we went skydiving with her. She went a second time at 94. And then a third time, she went at 98 years old. Because she just, like like you said, like she just is. Mm. She, wa she wants to be alive in the present. And, it's and never so, too late to begin again. No. and that, That's and the that story. Was, and and that's wow. what was like ingrained in all of us kids mm. growing up is yeah. you, if you want something, you can go get it. You might have to work really hard for it. You might have to suffer. Yeah. Um, you, you might have to, to put in hours that, that you don't want to put in, but you can get it. Yeah. And, and that was just the message, and that was passed down to my grandfather, and that was passed down to my mom, and that was mm -hmm. passed down to us kids. Um, and that's why, like, I just, I, I want to just get as much as I can out of every single day. That's why I love being at the Paul Mitchell School today, because this is so different from who I usually get to talk to. I usually talk to teachers and educators and, and students um, in the education world, the K-12 world, um, which is a, a thrill, and I love it, and it fills me up. But then I go and talk to a completely different group of people, you know, future mm -hmm. stylists mm -hmm. and, and hair care educators, it, very different than the world that I'm normally in. But it's also good, right? It's yeah. exciting. It's invigorating me, um, and, it, and it fills me up. And, and I think it's just because I want to try to get as much as I can out of everything. Yeah. Um, I was raised, it's, it's like in my bones to be like that. Um, and, and it's got its negatives to it, too, sometimes when things aren't going wonderfully, when you're not doing something as exciting as talking to this group of students this morning or whatever, you yeah. feel like, oh, is, do I need to get more? Do I need to do something to get more out of this moment? Um, and so that's, mm -hmm. that's something I think everybody in my family, all of our siblings, we've had to like learn to wrestle with. Um, but yeah, yeah I, just, I think life is too sweet to let it get by, mm -hmm. right? I love um, the story when you were in eighth grade and just the tenacity I feel like really started hmm. there, Trevor, because when I heard you and I I almost lost it when you were talking about your mom um, getting divorced mm -hmm. and getting cancer. So talk about that process because yeah. what, I mean, power of legacy, your grandma and now your mom and she was yeah. able to fight cancer twice. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, my, my mom has just been through it all. Yeah. You know, that, that woman is just, it just feels like God is throwing everything he can at her. Like, yeah. you know, with, whether it's battling cancer and then a really ugly divorce and um, being a single mother of five kids in the home, like it, it's just had all these challenges and yet she has never, ever given up. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she has never let it slow her down. Um, and, and I think that's just because she's got such a sense of purpose for the work that she does in life. 
Like she does, she, she ran, she literally went and started a private school so that her kids could have a good school because there wasn't a good option where we lived. And so she literally went and started a school so that her kids would have this option. Is it a charter school? It, it was what a private it? school. It was called a Laurel Oaks Academy. And, and it was literally, I mean, it was a... She just started a school. She's yeah. like, well, there's not a good school, so I'm so going to start, start one. one. <laughs> well, and that's like, that's what it is. Like, that's what I've tried to like live my life. Like if, if it's wow. what I want or if whatever I want in life, whether it's this purpose that I have, if it's not possible, then I'm going to make it possible. We're going to find a way to it. Yeah. And, and like you said, like that was modeled by my mom. And it's still to this day. Yeah. You know, last November, she had a triple uh, bypass heart surgery in November. Um, wow. And like, God bless her. Like she's a, a walking a, a miracle. Month, a month later, she's just back at it, doing the work that she does. Cause she's like, tenacious. Just nothing keeps her down. That woman, <laughs> I know. Mom, if you're listening, you're tenacious. Yes. Oh my so. gosh. But you've watched <laughs> yeah. it. And my son, um, I wrote in my book, "Be Amazing," and he said that that he knew the standard. He hmm. knows the standard. So, and he was like, I was always well off, and I always had everything that yeah. I needed. But I watched my mom get up early in the morning and yep. I saw the standard. And mm-hmm. so the kid, your kids are watching you. They're watching every yeah. step. <laughs> well, and, and I was reading this research that determined that the people who have the best work ethic and persevere despite whatever obstacles are in, in their way mm. um, are people who have goals that are centered on something that's higher than themselves. Yes. So the people, so Bill Gates um, he, yeah, he likes computer programming, but he had a bigger vision than that. And that's why he's been so successful. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like, I look at my mom, it's like, you know what? Yeah. She wanted a comfortable life for her kids and she wanted a comfortable life for herself. She wants success. Um, but that was, her mission was never her own personal success. It was something bigger than that. You know, it mm-hmm. was making sure that her kids could be successful in the world. That was her purpose. That was her drive. And that's fueled all of the success that she's had. Yeah. And you know, so that's for me, I have to think about like, okay, what is my purpose for the work that I do? Like, why do I want to put in the hours? And I mean, and you know, the hours that go into writing a book, um, and the research and the inner and the boredom and and the tedious nature of of something like that. What makes all of that worth it? It's like, well, I better have a purpose that's more than just me selling books because that won't be able to sustain the amount of work that goes into it. Does that make sense? Yes. That's beautiful. I mean, you have to be tenacious to Mm -hmm. go from a teacher to being an author and a speaker. I mean, how many teachers are there in this world, high school teachers, that are not speakers and authors? So obviously you decided this is my purpose because I want to speak. Instead of just speaking to my classroom to the kids, I want to speak to educators to change their lives so they become a teacher like I was. Well, and, and And that started for me. Like I remember I was at a conference and I saw somebody speak at it. And it really changed the way I, th- I saw myself as an educator. It made me go back to the, the classroom and feel like, okay, here's some things I can do to be a better teacher, mm-hmm. which impacts the 120 kids I come in contact with every day. Yeah. And so when I started having opportunities to speak myself and, and was hearing feedback from people like, oh, this has helped me in this way, or oh, wow, this has changed my mindset about my work. Um, you know, my hope is, is like, well, then hopefully I'm empowering you to be a better teacher. Yeah. And, and then that impacts all of your students, and which it has this domino effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, it takes tenacity to do that because yeah. nobody's just like offering you speaking gigs. You yeah. know, nobody's just offering like Mm-mm. opportunity. You have to go get it, you have to create it, you have to yeah. make videos that get seen by yeah. Tina Black and shared with Wynn Claybaugh. That's right. right. Like, you gotta like Wayne, go do that. Wayne, do you that hear stuff. that? I sent that to you. You probably forgot. Yeah, he never gave you credit. But. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I love this because I want to back up a minute on your tenacity because, you know, here you were in eighth grade. You find out 
uh, that your parents are getting divorced. And, and from what I understand, that is one of the worst pieces mm. of news a kid could get. And what, how old were you at that time? Probably 14, I, I was 12 when they did. So 12 years grade. old. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my husband went through the same mm-hmm. situation, and he still remembers to this day um, his dad driving away yep. for the last totally. time. And he still cries over that. It's mm-hmm. still so, so painful. And that's like one of those untold stories. But he was able to switch that legacy. Yeah. And we've been married 33 years, mm. you know. And here his dad has passed, but he was married four times. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, that doesn't have to be your story. That's right. You can change the story. Yeah. And so I feel like you've changed that story. Mm-hmm. And you've been married 10 years. You yep. have two children. So mm-hmm. tell that story of when mm. you were eighth grade and you fi- found out and then you watch your mom go through this process. What transformation happened in you, uh, Trevor, because I feel like someone's listening right now that's like, you know what, my parents got divorced and I'm kind of this victim and they have that mm. victim mindset. How many people have gone through that and they think that that's their legacy, they're going to get divorced too? Yeah. You know, when, when I think... I, I, I took this class one time, it was called Exegy, and exegizing is the ability to look at your own story and draw meaning from it so you can make a better future, mm. a better present. Um, and so it was the, just these exercises of digging deep into your life and figuring out, well, who told you you have to be this? Or, you know, for me growing up, it was always, oh, Trevor's always happy, because I, I was a loud, funny kid. And so there was this assumption that I was just always this positive person. Mm. Um, and so a lot of it was digging back and trying to figure out, well, where did, you, where did some of these narratives start? Um, and some of these things that you're living with now, where did they start? And I used to trace it back, and a lot of it came from this tumultuous period of middle school, like when my parents were splitting up, and, and there was just some terrible things happening, and just you know having to tell the judge which parent I wanted to live with, and this, the, going to school and having to put on a happy face so people didn't see how broken you really were. Or like I used to just go to school and get in trouble so I could get that attention off of the, the real stuff that was going on. Like, you know, go to school and, and just be this class clown and be funny all the time so that people didn't know how much I was actually hurting. Mm-hmm. And that and that just kept going and going and going um, for a long time until like, you know, towards the end of high school, I was starting to get in some really big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I was starting to really live this double life and, and doing things that nobody knew I was doing until got in a little bit of trouble, and then all of a sudden this big spotlight was on it. Um, and it was, for me, uh, at the time, was just the worst moment of my life because I felt like everything from my whole past was collapsing on me in this moment. Um, but then I got a couple of years past that, and I have had people pour into me when I was going through those struggles. And kind of what I've uncovered, and I, I think I'm yeah. taking a long way to explain it, what I've uncovered was this was all part of a story that was unfolding, right? Mm. Like, you know, the, the difficulty of the divorce and the difficulty of getting in trouble and the difficulty of my mom going through all those cancer treatments was these were things that were I'm learning from. And, and I found that the, if you take the time in life to process and reflect on where you've been and where you're, how you got to where you are, you can kind of figure out, like, well, what's the silver lining in those stories, right? Like, mm. you know, when you got in trouble at the end of high school um, and the whole town found out that you were this big fraud, well, maybe this is also where you learned how to be authentic. This is where you started to learn how to like, okay, well, what does it mean to actually be true to the people yeah. that I, I interact with? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I, when I uh, you know, as a parent now, you know, I've got a little boy and a little girl and, uh, you know, like my deepest fear, if I'm being honest, is like, well, what if I slip into being like my dad is sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, what if I start mm-hmm. pulling up those habits because they're within me, right? Like, I've got the capability of doing that, but then I also have this knowledge of like, no, 
you get to own your own story, right? This is your story you're living, mm-hmm. and so you don't have to be that. Yeah, yeah, you may have been told you are that, but that doesn't mean that's actually you. Yeah. Um, and so it's about reclaiming it mm-hmm. and, and saying, you know what, I'm going to take the best of my experiences of being a kid, and I'm going to give that to my kids, and then I'm going to find new ways for them to live life and enjoy life and embrace life. So yeah. it's a constant journey, to be honest. But, yeah. like, um, I, I don't know, I, I find such a thrill looking at my life as a, this unfolding story and then helping other people do it too. Yeah. You know, I love that you said unfolding story. Cause I think part of it is an untold story. You, you hit on some really, really great things here. So here you are, you're in eighth grade, which is like the hardest oh, times of our life. Gosh, I, you should have seen my I buck teeth. Skip, when yeah, I, was in I had grade. them too. Oh, they were awful. <laughs> and my yeah. ears didn't fit my head. Yes. And like, Oh, bad. Was, yeah, bad. yeah, pretty, pretty nasty. I know for sure. I get it. And and so you go through this time. Your parents are divorced. Your mom gets cancer, and she gets it twice: eighth grade and then ninth grade. Yeah. And so you're going through this kind of wilderness period, and all of a sudden, poof, something happens. And it sounded to me like people were starting to speak into your life. Yes. So that's the untold story of of leadership transformation. Of mm-hmm. you know, here Trevor is like. What what happened? Like what happened? Who, who spoke into your life? Well, let me. So, have you ever heard of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey? No. So Joseph yeah. Campbell is this mythologist, and he looked at all of the great stories throughout history, and he found there's a pattern in every single one of them. Whether it's the Odyssey, whether it's Finding Nemo, they all have this this exact same structure. Every good story you've ever heard, and it all starts with a hero that's in what he calls the unknown world. So, or no, I'm sorry, hero in the known world, whether it's good or bad, this is what the world looks like, but then something happens. He calls it the call to adventure. It draws them out of the known world into the unknown. And that's where you experience challenges, temptations, um, some type of death and abyss. But along the way you have experienced guides and mentors to help you deal with the challenges. And then at the end of every hero's journey, the hero can return back to the ordinary world, the known world, except now they have what he calls the gift of the goddess, or the return with the elixir. Mm. The experiences of the story Mm -hmm. gave you something that you didn't have beforehand, and therefore you can return and defeat whatever it was that drew you out of it in the first place. You now are equipped to defeat whatever the conflict of the story was. And so for me, I'll just tell you, when I was at the end of high school, back in the day, Smoking marijuana was very illegal. Not as much as it is anymore. But right. back then, right, it was right, a big, right. big deal. Now it's legal. And so when I got, yeah, right, exactly. So the story doesn't carry as much weight anymore. But back then, it was a lot of trouble that mm-hmm. I got in for doing it. And I got yeah. arrested for it. And I was in jail for it. And the whole town wow, found out. Wow, you even went to jail. It, yeah. And How it was long? In, just a night. A night. But when you're like an 18-year-old <laughs> kid. It felt like a year, probably. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, well, and the whole thing is nobody knew. My mom didn't know. My wow. friends didn't know. Yeah. And, and it was like this whole secret world. Not that I think what I was doing was terrible, but mm-hmm. I was living this other life and not letting anybody know about it. Well, in my small town, they printed in the newspaper when you get in trouble. Then and so the knew. whole newspaper <laughs> like has like a quarter section about this kid got busted for possession and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the whole town found out. And I got all these phone calls from people saying, I thought I knew you. And I remember like I was a youth group leader and I got messages from parents saying, stay away from my kid. I mean, it was ugly. And I thought my world is over. Like there's no way you can come back from something like this. Mm. And again, I'm not minimizing other, I know this is probably mild sounding, but for me, my own reality, this was hard. Right. And then I got a phone call um, from, he was my mentor. He was a young life leader. His name was Chad. And I got a phone call from him. And I, like, didn't answer it on my flip phone. I was like, I'm not answering this. I know he's just going to banish me like everybody else. Um, I mean, and this is at the heat of the conflict, right? The call to adventure. I'm in it. Um, And he calls again, and I answered it. I'm like, hello? 
And uh, he says, Trevor, I just want you to know that you are still loved. Mm. I was like, yeah, but you don't know how long I've been doing this. No, 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 no. I just want you to know that you are still loved. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but I've been keeping this from you for a couple of years. And he said, no, no, no. We'll talk about that some other time. Right now, I just need you to know that you are still loved. Wow. And That's powerful. And I just remember being this 18-year-old boy in tears, kind of wrestling with this whole story that I've been living out since sixth grade when my parents split up. And I start wondering, mm-hmm. am I loved? Am I, am I cared for? What? And, and, it, and it took me getting in trouble. It took me the spotlight being shone on me by this newspaper. It, it was all this had to crumble mm-hmm. down for me to realize oh no, you are still loved and there are people who still care about you unconditionally. And I remember just taking that as fuel, like you're right, so I'm going to start living like it. Mm. And, and that didn't just mean not living that lifestyle. Yeah, I'd made changes, but it was also like, how do you wake up every single day knowing that you're loved, that you have value, that yeah. you can make a difference in the world, mm-hmm. that you can give the same kind of grace to others? What would that look like? Um, and, that, and that's what it, and yeah. I think every day is continuing asking that question, how, how can I do this for others? And how can I help other people do it too, right? And you did, and that's so crazy because our greatest, greatest adversity leads to our greatest assignment. Mm. And so here you were from ninth to 12th grade. Someone spoke value into you. You truly understood your value. Yeah. And so at that point, then you were like, I could start valuing people. That's right. And I'm going to be that I'm going to be that person to let every kid know in ninth grade you are loved. So I believe that everything that you've done, this whole education, your books that you have written, your second mm. book's coming out in a month, which is, you got to get it, Epic Classroom and then a Collaborative Classroom. Anybody can use this in any business. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be if you're a teacher. Sure. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, because you're yep. going to learn how to run your business better. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I see the power. This is the untold story, I believe, Trevor, is everything that happened to you happened for you mm-hmm. so that you could help other people, period. Yeah. Yeah. And what a perspective to just try to like develop yeah. all the time. Because like, guess what? There's going to be worse things that happen. Yes. Than go, going, spending a night in right jail, now, right? Yeah, speak to that person because I, I think a lot of people live in that shame too yeah. long. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, get? I, I'm actually doing Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's book, which is Dare to Lead, yes. and she talks about getting rid of shame mm-hmm. and how to get rid of That's that. Right. And so, how did you get rid of that shame? I know he's spoken to you and said that you're loved. What was that click on moment to say, you know what, I'm no longer going to be ashamed of this story? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you the exact moment. I was teaching a high school class of freshmen, and uh, I remember some kid raised his hand in the middle of class. He said, hey, Mr. Muir. I said, yeah. He goes, were you arrested? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I just Googled your name, which, by the way, wow. is pretty weird. Wow. He's like, well, I Googled your name, and I found your mugshot. Were yeah. you arrested? And I like, I've got the whole class looking at me. And by the way, this is, I'm a first year teacher. Here's I'm like, an untold this, like, story. Green. I'm like, <laughs> brand new. And he's asking, oh, were you arrested? And it's like, mm. I said, close your laptop. We're, we're in class right now. Yeah. And I, like I told him, I made him close it. And all the kids are wondering. And I'm like panicking because mm. you don't, teachers don't get vulnerable with students. Right. You know, teachers don't let them know that you, you bleed. Yeah. You know, and that's why when you see a kid, like when teachers see kids at the grocery store, they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And it's like, uh, getting food yeah. for a class project? No, to eat. Because they think you like live in school. And so like, this was like, no. I can't have my students knowing that I, I did this, that I was doing the things that they're doing. I can't let them know that I've been to jail. Um, and so that <laughs> night I went home, 
and I was panicking about it and I was scared like how am I going to handle this because I just know it's just going to snowball and it's, it's going to get out um, and at the same time I was doing this we were doing a project where my students um, were serving refugees and I told talked about that in my talk today we were serving refugees so that's just a little background information mm -hmm. so the next day um, I got into class and I can see the kids whispering and I'm like oh god mm. they know and uh, I was like so I got to tell you guys and, and I had a choice to make. Do I want to be honest? Or do I want to like be like, oh, I got arrested for um, saving a woman from her <laughs> burning house and I accidentally <laughs> trespassed to do so, right? Like yeah. I had to like figure out what am I going to do here? Um, and I told him, I said, guys, I know you saw that mugshot because I read what the reason it's online is because somebody goes and buys all the mugshots and puts them online and blackmails you and you have to pay $500 to take it down. That's why it was online. That's why that <laughs> mugshot was there. Um, and that, and so I was like, I, this is what I did mm -hmm. and this is what I learned from it. And it was like a really hard thing for me, but this is what I got out of that moment. And, uh, and, and that was a mistake I made when I was your age. And this is where I've grown because of it. Yeah. And I remember that all the kids kind of nodding their heads. Mm -hmm. Well, the next day I walked in and I saw them whispering and passing an envelope around. I said, guys, what are you doing? And I'm thinking like they're something revol uh, revolving around this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, here it goes. And I was like, give me the envelope. And I take it. And inside is this big wad of cash. And I was like, what is this? And they said, uh, well, Mr. Muir, we're raising money so we can pay to take your mugshot off the internet. Wow. And I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, they, like we. Wow. And I, I probably could have set it up more of the story. But, like, they were like, we want to yeah. pay to take it off. Because that's not fair that you have to live like that. And, uh, and we ended up, I was like, guys, no. I was like, we, we're not going to give some jerk who, like, put my picture on the internet <laughs> yeah. money. And so we gave it to refugee. We able, were able you to, we, yeah, we were able to wow. donate and serve it. But, like, for me, that was this big aha moment yeah. that the story has power. It's got value. Yes. You know what I mean? If I choose to not let anybody know my story, mm. then it doesn't get to have the power. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. It, if I didn't wow. do that, then these kids wouldn't have learned what vulnerability, like what kind of strength there is in vulnerability. If I did that, I wouldn't have had that. I mean, I've done it every year with every student I've ever had. I even wrote about it in my book because I'm not yeah. afraid of it anymore because I know that it opens the door to beautiful things happening. And mm -hmm. uh, if, I, if I keep it to myself, that beauty doesn't get to happen. Yeah. Then the story happened for no reason. Yeah. You know, the gift of the goddess of the mm -hmm. story, the elixir I got, um, only came through struggle. And so whoever's listening oh, wow. is like, well, whatever struggle you're in right now, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're in bankruptcy, if you're going through a divorce, yeah, that's hard. And we don't have to mm -hmm. minimize it, but also know that like the, the trees don't grow at the summit of the mountain. They grow down in the valley. Mm -hmm. Like that's where the growth happens. Yeah. And so just know if it's hard, it's strengthening you too, right? Like this yeah. is where it's happening. That's so cool that you finally came to that realization. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be things that are going to happen. You're going to think, this really sucks. I don't want to go through this adversity, yes. please. I don't want to go through it. But I just think this is so, so powerful. And someone just needs to get this right now. And I love the tenacity that you have, mm -hmm. Trevor. And, and I want to go back um, when, because I think this is a great story. You told this story that you wanted to go to FSU. Yes. And you were just tenacious enough <laughs> to make it happen. It's a great yeah. story. I'm going to let you tell it. Well, I mean, just long story <laughs> short, I was put on the wait list when I applied to Florida State. And I didn't apply anywhere else because I could care less about school. 
Um, but that's the expectation of my family. Like my yeah. mom's like, you know what? If I'm gonna do all this for you, you're gonna go to college. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, so I didn't apply anywhere else. I got put on the wait list, didn't get in. And so I actually lied to my mother and said that I got in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I moved to Tallahassee, Florida, five and a half uh-huh. hours from home. With my mother thinking I got into school. Oh, that had to be just a pit oh, in your stomach. Oh my gosh, I know yes. I'm such a dumb boy. <laughs> and so I, I didn't get in. Great. And so I went to the dean of education's office the day before school started, the Friday before the first day of school. And I asked to speak to her. It's true, maybe, like, maybe she'll have mercy on me. And the secretary's like, no, if you don't have an appointment, you can't sit down with the dean. I'm like, okay, well, can I sit in her office all day and maybe she'll have time? She said, you're welcome to, but she's not going to. So I literally sat in her office for seven hours, all day yeah. long, watching her come and go. And then finally she came out of her office and just kept looking at me. And she said, <laughs> come here. And she brings me into her office. And I just made my case. And I told her how dedicated I would be at the school and how hard I would work, honestly feeding a load of BS. Like, yeah. I had no intentions of working hard. Right. I just had intentions of my mom not killing me for finding out I didn't get into school. Because she would have buried the body, too, and gotten away with it. So... I, uh, I, I like begged her and she said, well, I'm in charge of 38,000 students at this school, but I am going to keep an extra close eye on you. So please don't let me down. And I'll never forget. She took her finger and she pressed the A on her keyboard for accept. And she's like, you better run because the last orientation just started. And I said, thank wow. you. And I ran across and that's how I got into school. Unbelievable. Um, and so I, I, like that, that goes back to my great grandmother. That's a that's tenacious upbringing, I guess, because I can't yeah. really explain. Did she keep a close eye on you? I want to hear that. You know what? Story. I never found out if she did. <laughs> and I like, want to write her someday. Like, hey, thanks for taking that chance on me because I got out in yeah. four years and we did it. I think you should write her because look I at really how should. successful you are. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Uh-huh. It's an, uh, I want to thank a funny her right thing. now. Uh-huh. If she's listening to this, I yeah. want to thank her. Whatever your name was, <laughs> I can't even podcast. remember. <laughs> The dean. Well, the dean at Florida State in 2004, please. 2004. Yeah. They, they could find her. I'm going to Google that. Yeah, what an amazing woman because I started thinking about when you were saying that, that all of the people that didn't get employment with me or mm-hmm. didn't yeah. get accepted into our schools, mm-hmm. if they would have just stopped in and kept coming back. I mean, I'm telling you, like Sean's a perfect example. He runs all of my businesses. He kept coming back and kept saying, I want to work That's for right. you. We didn't have a position, so we had to create a position. But the squeaky wheel gets the oil. It did. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm, I'm like, we better hire him because he's bugging me. That's- and so look at him now. Well, and, yeah. and, and that's beautiful. And that's, and is that is, that's the secret sauce. That's why I talked today yes. all about soft skills. Um, because school, and this is what mm-hmm. I get really fired up about, the education system is great at teaching technical skills. We all learned algebra yes. at some point and photosynthesis, and, and we're, we're great at getting the technical stuff. But the number one reason people get fired is that they don't possess these soft skills. Yes. Which raises the question, yes. if, if the number one reason people get fired or never mm-hmm. hired in the first place is because of soft skills, then maybe we should stop calling them that because there's nothing soft about getting, getting fired. fired. Right? <laughs> and so they're essential. Yes. And so we need to yes. put more emphasis on it. And we got to, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, like you said, Sean's persistence. Yeah. Persistence is one of those intangible, essential skills. Yes. You know, and, and here's the thing. Skills can be strengthened. Skills mm-hmm. are like muscles. You know, like any skill, like the skill of playing the violin, the more you play it, you will get better at it. Yeah. You know, Malcolm Gladwell writes about the 10,000 hour rule. Mm-hmm. It, it takes 10,000 hours to become the top of the field expert at something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because you have to practice and practice and practice. And I think it's the same with persistence. If you 
are not great at being persistent the first time. You're going to be better at it the, the second time you show persistence, and the third time, and the fourth time, and eventually you're persistent, oh, right? Yeah. It's the oh, same yeah. with public speaking. It's beautiful. I wasn't a great public speaker the first time I went, yeah. but I was raised to have the guts to try it anyway, and so I tried mm -hmm. it, and it kind of tanked a little bit, but it was better the second time. Yeah. The third time and the fourth did time. Did you and always now, want to be a public speaker? You know, like when I was in fourth grade, I did the I Have a Dream speech okay. from memory at the assembly, at the school assembly. You did? Like literally That's the incredible. whole speech. I know. I, it, 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 well, wow. I know it was just wild. But I remember like doing that and just absolutely loving it. Mm. But then you get into public school and all these stigmas get attached to kids who are too dramatic or who go to school, like who yeah. are in drama theater. or theater yes. and all this stuff. And all of a sudden I shied away from that. I was way too insecure mm -hmm. to, to actually do what I loved. And so, yeah, for a long, long time I failed speech class at Florida State. I literally retook a speech class and now that's literally what I do for a living. Yeah, um, that's and awesome. So, but you failed speech class. I failed speech can, can class. Can we write that teacher too? Oh my gosh, I would love to. Because <laughs> yes. you're one of the best speakers that I've ever heard. Oh, speak. thanks. And I think Wynn's right. If you're a great storyteller, you become a really great oh, speaker. Uh -huh. And that's you just tell the, your stories and yeah. your stories of adversity, everything. Because most people like to tell how great they are, but you also talk about how you suck too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why people still relate suck. to you and you connect. I still do too. Yeah. <laughs> every oh, day. <laughs> but every day I'm trying to get better at it, right? Nope. Like, I. I can. I exactly. hope I'm a much better dad tomorrow than I was today. Yes, and, exactly. And, or whatever it is, fill in the blank. I love that you <laughs> said um, today. You said to all of our students. You said write down a list of five ways the world could be a better mm. place. Well, I want to hear your five ways, Ooh. but I I'm assuming we're tying in essential skills that are taught in school. Okay. Because that that I put that down as number one because I you said something so big this uh, during lunch too you said that it's really up to the kindergarten class so if yeah. I have kids and so if they had a great kindergarten kindergarten teacher right they'll do really really well all through school yes. and really well either they go to technical school or they go to college but it all starts with kindergarten talk about that because I have a grandson right now yeah. that's eight months and I want to make sure that he gets a good preschool and kindergarten education uh, it's everything you just said the the number one indicator for success in school starts with how oh, you wow. perceive kindergarten so there, there's no more fundamental year of your entire education experience, whether it's kindergarten all the way through graduating hair school or graduating college or getting your PhD. The most important one is kindergarten because that's where you decide how I feel about learning. Wow. If, if, I, if my kindergarten experience is miserable and I hate it, then there's a very good chance you're going to hate it in first grade and second and third and fourth and the rest of your time in there. But if you love it in kindergarten, mm -hmm. that is a strong indicator that you're going to do, be successful in school the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, okay, That's so first thing that I want in the world yes. is I want us to focus more on early childhood education. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, on young children. I, I think we have to put a monetary investment and political investment. We need to, like, realize how important it is. And that goes with the fam. I mean, that's that's on schools. That's on the government. That's also on families, mm -hmm. and making sure your kids are. I mean, that's a that's a big subject. Yeah. But what's number two? Number two. <laughs> uh, I am so sick of the division mm. in this world. You know, I was with what? How many students say a hundred? Hundred Paul yeah. Mitchell students. Yeah. There didn't feel like to be a whole lot of division in that room. No. There was a lot yeah. of community, and in most yeah. places I go. We seem to be really cohesive as people, but then you get on the internet and you get in the media and you see how just hateful mm -hmm. the narrative is. And I don't know if that's actually true, 
Um, but I know it fuels yeah. more and more division. You said something really big. Yeah, it fuels the division. You said something big today because you said that I wonder if media is just fueling this because you don't ever feel it. And I don't either. Wherever yeah. I go, and maybe it's because I'm around this incredible culture because yeah. we say one size fits all. And so we're mm -hmm. all about we're all just one. It doesn't yep. matter, you know, where you came from. And so what do you think that that is? Do you think it's true? Or I, do you think? I don't know. That might be above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. All I know is like I'll go to a football game and everybody yeah. seems to be cohesive. I'll teach a group of students mm -hmm. and I see a, a lot concert. of cohesion. I'll go to a concert. Yeah. I'll walk down the street. I'll go to Walmart. And you see people Me too. get along. Yeah. Um, but then you go on the news and it looks like we all just hate each other. I know. Now, that's not to belittle people who do yeah. feel divisiveness and racism and se separation and all that. I do mm -hmm. believe that exists, but I don't think that the way it's portrayed in social media and media is actually accurate. I agree. I, I, yeah. And so I, I want us to, I don't know, I, I think it's kind of an indictment on our culture right now mm -hmm. is that we react so heavily to things online. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a reflection of people's hearts or if it's an inaccurate reflection of society and we're not actually like that. But I think the world would be better if we cut that out. Yeah, um, I agree. I love that. Number two. So what's number three? Number three. This is a shout out to Wynn Claybaugh. Yeah. Um, I, I see that he's been limiting his screen time every single day. I know. Have you seen that? I, saw, so I wrote like brilliant. Like th yes. 30 minutes of screen time yes. yesterday or something like that. He posted online. Um, and uh, I think we need to disconnect more. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that will have a... a Going back to that last one, I think that will have a major impact on mm -hmm. people in general if we disconnect more, myself included. Yeah. You know, not always have to listen to a podcast, not have to always be right. on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever mm -hmm. it is, or not even looking at your phone. And to me, that takes personal discipline. Like when I get home from working, I'll put my phone in a drawer and lock it and not mm -hmm. see it again till later because I know yeah. I'll look at it if it's out and I want to be with my kids. Yes. I want to go on a hike and I want to be present. I leave the phone at home. Um, smart. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I'm not no, disciplined I enough that. otherwise. I love that. It's something I've been working on too. In fact, today it was a little bit awkward, but I did it. I turned off everything and I just started praying out loud mm. the whole way. I had mm -hmm. to drive to Detroit today. It was an hour. And the whole time I'm just like talking to God out loud. Yeah. I'm like, I feel really stupid right now, but I'm going to do this. And, and it was, was awesome it like? morning. I felt uh -huh. at way more peace. And I just, I kind of felt like I'm ready to really take on this day yeah. instead of like really just filling my mind with, like you said, great podcasts. Of course, don't turn this off right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, keep <laughs> it going. Podcasts. But it's just like, I'm always in this constant state of learning, Trevor, which is awesome. But I think sometimes you just have to disconnect parts yeah. of the day. Yep, so, absolutely. Yeah, good advice on when for sure. I'm going to take that up too. Yeah, me too. So what's number four? Let's see, number four, to make the world a better place. <laughs> I, I think the world just needs to be kinder. Be kinder. Oh, yeah. I, I, kindness. Yes, be and nicer I else. To, yeah, be nicer <laughs> else. That'd be a good book title. I'm going to yes. steal that. Let me just write that down. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I, I've seen in high school, like, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're created to be kind to one another. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's in our bones to be empathetic. Whether you want to look at the biology track, there's a biological advantage to be kind and, and build community. Or if you want to go on a faith track, I, I think God would make us yeah. to care about one another. Mm -hmm. um, but just, there's just there's so often where we just don't do it. Yeah. And and I don't think it's hard to be kind to others. I don't mm -hmm. think it's hard to empower others and, and love and love each other. I, I I really don't. It's a lot easier actually to be kind. It's oh. a lot harder to be mean yeah it really is it's the same thing as smiling it's a lot easier to smile 
than it is to frown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always tell people I smile a lot because I'm lazy. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I smile. I'd rather get smile wrinkles than frown wrinkles. Oh, yeah. Just get Botox, you know. Uh That works. Exactly. Yeah. I'll just do that someday. So. What's number five? So kindness. And then number five. Hmm. Save the bees. Save the bees. Save the bees. I love that. Yeah, save the bees. Yes, in we Michigan, need the we bees. just had this big encephalitis scare. Do you remember? Did they have yes. that over here? So what? Um, yes, tell tell everyone why bees are so good for our country. Like, well, why like, do we need them? Like bees, honey. Oh, well, honey. Yeah, yeah raw I, honey. You should be eating raw honey every day. Local raw honey. Yeah, but it keeps all you the, from getting all, sick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's got all those mm-hmm. um, local like yeah. um, antihistamines you, and all that. Yeah. But uh, oh, gosh, bees. They, like all of our crops, everything you eat was pollinated by bees, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's a teacher mode, so there's a, a male tomato plant and a female tomato plant, and they, one gives off pollen, and the bee takes that pollen and brings it over to the female plant, okay. and then it reproduces more and more fruit, and that's just how it works, um, and so when we get rid of bees, I don't even know mm. how we got onto bees, get rid of bees, you get rid yeah, of vegetables. Yeah, because they're out right now, because I went to the apple orchard, and we were all kind of freaking I out. Don't... Yeah. Yeah. That, that, but why no, are we no bees, out? no apple orchard. Yeah. No bees, exactly. no. And yeah. then, but so what I was just saying with encephalitis, we had this big encephalitis yeah. scare with the mosquitoes. And so, like, Michigan spent like $2 million spraying mosquitoes, oh. and it kills all the bees, too. Oh, no. So, I'm passionate about That's living life good. to the fullest and saving yes. the bees. Yeah, so. save the bees. <laughs> Don't quote me on my biology, by the way, but. I do like bees. It's close enough. I was just on the spot. <laughs> I had to think of five ways the world could be better. So bees. No, I think it's five. outstanding. Yeah, and butterflies. <laughs> butterflies are great too. I do love butterflies. I, you know what? You know what? Yeah, okay, here's my fifth one for real. Yeah. We need to take care of the environment more. Yeah. And I think we need to mm-hmm. ingrain that in people from a very young age. Yeah. And and you can call it being green. You can be call it whatever you want. I just think we have to have. And, and I think that starts with showing beauty to young children and, mm-hmm. and why they should love the outdoors and why they should take care of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens Yeah, because we're school. spending more time inside yeah. now. And I was, I was Connected you know, I'm watching my grandson. Yeah, connection of your neighbors. And, and so it's so funny because I was, it, it crickets, you could hear crickets in my daughter's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, everybody was outside because we didn't really, yeah. we didn't have any, we didn't have computers. A, didn't TV phones, had three channels. Cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Everybody was outside. Yeah. And so you kind of made up things to do. And I agree. I don't think people really, really appreciate the outdoors. I know. Like they used to. I want to jump into, I really want to jump into all of these um, essential skills that we need. Yes. I don't care what career you're in. My husband just retired this year as a lawyer. And he's so funny because he's like, I don't know how I did so well as a lawyer because I'm really not that smart. And I'm like, <laughs> you are smart. Oh, my gosh. But uh-huh. he is so people smart. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yes. And he always won his cases with the judges. And yep. I used to watch him and just in awe of how he can connect with people. Yeah. And then he had two associates working for him, which is really interesting. Um, and they made less money than my top hairdressers do mm. right now, his mm-hmm. two associates. But they were brilliant, super smart, wow. super smart. But yet they were just not able to connect with people. That's they did it. not have essential skills. So let's talk about those because you said you have to have an epic mindset, number one. And that's a mindset rooted in purpose. That's right. Yep. And you talked about your purpose, yep. which I think is incredible. My mm-hmm. purpose was 
21 plus years ago, my husband got me to leave dentistry, by the mm -hmm. way. And I got into dentistry because of those buck teeth. Yep, and yep. so my purpose was really big to help people mm -hmm. to never have bad teeth because, sure. hey, you can't smile if you don't have That's good right. teeth. <laughs> right? So my purpose was big. But he was like, hey, I see so much more in you. And I feel like this could be a ministry for mm -hmm. you. And mm -hmm. so it really has been a ministry slash ministry for me from yeah. day one. And so how does someone figure out what their purpose is? I did a podcast recently of how to find your purpose. Like, is it a job, a career, or a calling? Mm -hmm. Right? And you kind of touched on that. Yeah. I think it has to be a calling. Yeah. And, and how do you find your calling? Gosh. I mean, just listening. You know what I mean? Disconnecting. It goes back to mm. that. Like, actually spending time um, to process and, and figure out what... You know, I think any purpose starts with interest. I think it'd be really hard to find to find deep purpose in something if you're not interested in it first. And that's why I'm not a dentist because mm -hmm. I'm really yeah. not that interested in teeth. I, yeah. But I'm glad other people are because mm -hmm. I get to have nice teeth because I of it. I thought it was funny you said that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? And so I think uh -huh. you have to be interested in something. Yes. Um, and then it also has to be rooted in somebody else. I think your, your calling has to be bigger than just yourself. It can't just be personal advancement. I think if mm -hmm. you if all you care about is personal gain, personal success, personal growth in money and finances, yeah. whatever it is, Agreed. status, that's just not enough to sustain the hard work that it is to be successful, right? How do you redirect a student, um, so our students, and then you probably redirected your students, of, say, yeah, I want to be a lawyer because I want to make a lot of totally. money. So what did you say to them? And what about parents? Because mm -hmm. I hear parents, oh, you should go to school and be a doctor and or a lawyer. Yep. Like, hello, <laughs> my husband <Yeah>. did that. <laughs> well, I, I read that, that the... The happiness level, the general happiness level of a person does not increase between 75000 a year and 250000 a year. Right. So there's no difference in happiness level yeah. between making that much and that much. Mm -hmm. And and I kind of always kind of start with that. Like, they're, I mean, making two fifty, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And yet they're not on par, they're not any happier than somebody who makes seventy five. meaning they have their basic needs met. Yeah. Um, and so it makes you wonder, like, okay, so if money isn't the answer to happiness, then what is, right? And, and so if we have one life to live, and this is, I always get super inspirational with students, but mm -hmm. if you have one life to live, like, this is it. This is your chance to, like, live life to the fullest. Is it all going to be for something that on paper and in experience and anecdotally and research shows does not actually make you happier? Mm. Maybe it'll make you make life more thrilling at times maybe it's more pleasurable but there's a difference between happiness and joy and pleasure right yeah there's there's more mm -hmm. depth to it and so I, I, my mom's always told me she's like i don't care if you become a a, a trash picker upper that's your job as long as mm -hmm. you can find happiness and yeah she's like i'll support whatever you do yeah um, That's so cool because I used to tell my husband that because he would, used to be really frustrated going to court and really, mm -hmm. really stressed out. Yeah. And I would sit down with him and say, listen, this is not who I want you to be. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't be stressed out. Like, if you want to go and pick up garbage, I will support there you, you 100% because I will love you no matter yeah. what choice you have. But just do it with passion yep. and stop being so stressed out. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, that's what, when I see people who hate their jobs, mm -hmm. it's like... Well, that's why I get so frustrated with the school system. Mm -hmm. We're putting people through 13 years of a system, obligated. It's an obligatory system. 13 years where most do not even like it. It's like we're wasting a quarter of people's lives. Ugh. 
if, if they're not yeah. enjoying it. And then, it, yeah. but then so many get out of it and go and get into a career. And then we've got this mindset often in America that it doesn't matter whether you like your job or not, as long as you're climbing ladders and making money. And it's like, okay, then I'm going to spend the next 35 years doing something I don't like to do so that I can retire. Do you know what the percentage of people is that are doing things they don't love? I wish Have I... Have you seen those numbers? I don't know, it's but I bet, be you it's, I bet you it's very high. Very high. And, and you should also see the number of people who die within five years of retirement. So you yeah. just put in 65 years yeah. of, of mundane torture yeah so that you can yeah why do people retire i don't understand like oh, I, yeah. i'm Any just plans? gonna refire right refire never, absolutely never gonna retire i'll die at this desk because yeah this is my life's calling that's right yeah so that, my great grandma always she died with her work boots on yeah you know what i mean like wasn't done until she was had to be done well how old was your grandma by the way when she 99 passed? 99 yeah and she, she skydived at 98 that's incredible she said her entire life i don't want to be 100 I love it that her legacy still lives on yeah, through yeah. you, you telling the story because that's so inspirational. Yeah, she is. I love that. Well, that's and, a great and story. so like that's I don't know. She she never did anything in her life for money. Yeah. Money came. Yeah. It turns out when you're passionate about something and you take your skills and you apply it and there's a market for it and there's a market mm -hmm. for a lot of things, money will happen. And don't get me wrong, I like making money. Do you like making money? Yeah, of yeah, course. It's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. I love that's not having to you worry can give about it stuff. Away. Absolutely. And that's why I like it. And I, I love it. So build an epic mindset. So yeah. a mindset rooted in purpose. So disconnect, spend time to process, hire a coach. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen to these podcasts. Find guides. Going back yep. to that story. You know, epic Find means guides. a couple things. Epic means memorable. Epic also means story. So the mm. epic mindset is also like looking at your life as a story. And, yeah. and every good story, according to that Joseph Campbell I told you about, has a guide in it. You know, it's, it's yeah. the Rafiki with Simba in The Lion King. It's mm -hmm. it's the one that comes and guides you along. So it's finding, seeking people out. You know, I don't yeah. think life, we're, humans Get are mentored. communal beings. We yeah. are not meant to be alone. Yes, and I was telling you earlier, one of my biggest frustrations is many of my uh, students will come through school mm. and they think they want to work in a suite. That, and that's they right. isolate themselves and they work by themselves. And I'm not anti-sweet don't get me wrong because yep. i know there's a place for it but unfortunately i believe in 10 years it's going to die out because mm -hmm. suddenly they're going to leave it's kind of like you build a suite it's kind of like buying a boat like mm -hmm. the best day of your life is uh, buying it and then selling, selling it, it. <laughs> yeah I, right it's kind of like that yeah. and i i see that with sweet owners too because mm -hmm. they get so excited they decorate it yep. put their pictures in there and they're showing pictures and then two years later i don't i don't know what happened to them i can't find them i've been That's in right. this business for 21 years and so i'm really trying to coach my students to not isolate themselves and to learn how to be collaborative and i love yeah. that you have that book mm -hmm. because i think this is part of the essential skills that That's are needed. one of the biggest ones yes and i don't believe that they're trained in this area as you said mm -hmm. and so we need to talk about this because the second one um, that I wrote down is work ethic. Yep. So essential skill of work ethic. You said you were a lazy kid growing up, yeah. which I thought was funny. Yeah. Very and now lazy. look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Very exactly. tenacious. But it, but it's funny is like I was lazy about the things I wasn't interested in. Exactly. But you know, like I spent countless hours mm -hmm. catching alligators and and trapping wild <laughs> pigs and playing pranks. Like 
I put in oh, plenty you were of effort. A floor idiot oh goodness, all the yes. Way. Yeah, I never I wore shoes that. until I moved to Michigan. That's outstanding. But like, <laughs> it was just that—that that was life. Um, and so yeah, I put in a lot of work, but it was only the things that I cared about. Yeah. And so it's like to me as an educator, I'm trying to think about like, okay, how do I make you care about this work? Yeah. How do I give purpose to the work you're doing so that you will do whatever is necessary? Yeah. In how order do you to learn that, that essential purpose? skill? Yeah. I yeah. think that's what it, I mean. I, I think mm-hmm. I think all of these essential skills, every one of them, can be developed if you have a purpose to develop them. Like mm-hmm. collaborating's hard. Everybody who's ever done a group project knows what it means to have to do all the work and everybody else gets the same grade as you. Yeah. Anybody who's done a group project knows the type of people who take over and don't let anybody do anything. Mm-hmm. We know how hard it is to hold other people accountable or to get critical feedback or to have to give criticism. Collaborating's difficult. But if you have a reason for it, if, if it helps you achieve whatever your deep underlying existential purpose is, then you're going to put in the work to learn how to collaborate to do it. So how do you find that? So talk to the person right now because I'm thinking of all my hairstylists. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of all of my team members. What causes some to do more than what their job description says? Because that's kind of like a little bit of a guide, right, yeah. of saying, okay, if if you really want to excel in your position, you want to be able to master this job description and then some. Yep. So talk to that person right now. How do they develop that work ethic to make yeah. that happen? Um, I think rituals are rituals. a great way to go in okay. patterns and structure. You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a free bird. I, I, that's yeah. why I like being self-employed. I like that. Um, and yet, at the same time, I have to have structure if I'm going right. to be successful. Right. I, I, you know, I have to give myself to-do lists and, and structure my time. And I mm-hmm. have to, you know, set aside time for certain types of tasks. Um, otherwise, I know they just won't happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's about developing structure in our own lives um, that we live by. You know, saying, okay, every day on the way to work, I'm going to go at least 10 minutes of silence in the car and think about what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Every night before bed, I'm going to create a to-do list so mm-hmm. I get a good night of sleep because I'm not thinking about what I need to do, and then the next day I will tackle that to- to-do list. You know, it, it maybe it's having some type of mantra that you say to yourself, like, this is why I'm doing this work. Because yeah. I know today's going to be hard because I've got some really tough clients. And I, I always hate when I have them, but here's the reason I do this work, and I'm going to remind myself that before... I step into the difficult situation, and I'm going to try to revisit it when the difficult situation's over. Does that yeah. make sense? No, I love that. And I think another part of that, too, is just be coachable, like ask to be coached. Be coachable. That's right. Yeah. Go to your uh-huh. whoever it is that could coach you that you yep. trust to coach and just, how am I doing? How could I do better? Yeah. And accountability, I think, is everything. Oh, what a ridiculous idea yeah. that we would do this alone. I know. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean people mm-hmm. are social. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's in our DNA. Yeah. It, we're supposed to be social. Yeah. We're, we don't do well when we're not together. You know, the longest any human has ever lived without another human's contact is like 20 years. Wow. Which is a long time. Yeah. But think about that. Nobody in recorded human history has ever lived apart. And most of the time, that's not the case at all. Like, hermits are a very rare thing in humanity. Yeah. We're supposed to be together. Do you think and that's the cause of depression? 100%, in my opinion. Because people are I guess isolating themselves. But yeah. Look at our education system. Mm-hmm. The education system is all about the individual, individual grades, and individual now it's moving online. to the next level. That and then kind you, of scares you know, me. And then it goes yeah. to online. Yeah. And so you've got this millions of American kids who aren't even going to school anymore, not even yes. learning how to deal with conflict and make friends. If you go into an average school and you go into the lunchroom, it's quiet because mm-hmm. everybody has their phones out. So kids aren't talking, kids aren't flirting, wow. kids aren't getting in fights. Not that those yeah. are all good things, but like they're part of growing up and development Mm -hmm. instead everybody's just sitting on their phones and then you get out of school and now you don't have a structure at all saying you have to be with people 
and you and you've been so used to this that you're not around people and then all of a sudden you're losing this communal aspect and which wow. is a key part about being human that's why i think a lot of people are going to do their own suites it's yeah. like well that's all i've ever done is is always take care alone. of myself always yeah. been alone mm-hmm. always always had to just do it for my own personal advancement yeah because the interesting thing is is modern salon american salon have both um, done uh, research on this and they found you can't make any more money working on your own in a suite versus making commission at a huh. salon so uh-huh. if it's about the money, don't do it. Yeah, there you go. Good example. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, which I thought was really interesting. So your next one, uh, essential skill, is communication. And you said you had to learn this, and me too, while learning how to have constant uninhibited communication that breaks yes. down walls. I'm still in process with this mm-hmm. of really developing honest conversations. Today yeah. we played a communication game with my salon teams mm. in Michigan this morning. And I'll tell you, there were some tears. It yeah. was some beautiful stuff. And they all, most of them said that they need to speak up more. Yep. And so how do you train people and inspire them to embrace change and to be adaptable? Yeah, I, I, how do you I would... learn the skill? Because to me, it's easy. I don't know about you. But yeah, I it love comes change. natural to me. Me too. My husband hates change. Yep. He's a high C. They call it on the disc okay. scale, and he does not like change at all. Yep. And so I've kind of had to push him towards yeah. the change, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just inspire him towards that. But what do you, what do you do with your students to help them oh, to I, learn that essential skill? I throw lots and lots of different scenarios at them all the time. Mm. You know, I think so mm-hmm. much of us school look like one thing all the time. But yeah. for me, it's like, okay, today we're working on this task, and today we're going to do something completely different, and today we're going to go outside, and today we're going to have discussions, and you, I'll never let you pick what group you're in. I always will choose. Oh, nice. Not because you I'm a jerk. You help them to get be- comfortable being uncomfortable. That's exactly right. Like wow. I, I've, I've always had students who are like, oh, I work best when I'm with my friends. I'm like, I no, know. No, you don't. Hey, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but even if you did, that's the point. Yes. I want you to learn to work with people who you don't necessarily like or you yes. don't know because that's what life looks like. You don't get Whoa. to choose the teams of people that you work with. You, you're put in that situation. So stop so sitting at the same place in church. Yeah, that's you're right. speaking to me. That's right. Seriously, put <laughs> yourself out there. comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, Sit exactly. Up front. Well, be, and we're just going to hit back to this theme. When you're uncomfortable, mm. that's when you grow. Growth happens outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, I, I was just, your brain literally, oh gosh, I don't want to miss, I've got it in my slideshow. I didn't hit it today, but your brain learns when you are uncomfortable, when it's out of its mm. comfort zone, and your brain is stagnant. There's parts of your brain that are literally shut down when wow. you are in a comfortable situation. How do you get yourself into uncomfortable situations? Teach someone right now yeah, how to I, do that. Like, just do it. Break your routine. <laughs> break Read your routine. something different. Say yes to things you normally would say no. That's right. Say just yes. Just say yes. We, say that's yes our philosophy more. here. That's just right. Say yes. Say yes. Hey, can you clean it up? Yes. yes. Hey, can you work this thing? Yes. yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's hard. But that's going to make you better. It, mm-hmm. It's going to expand your, hey, does anybody want to try this new thing that we're doing? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to put myself out there. You know, I love to read fiction books. It's one of my ways of winding down after all this thinking and talking and all this stuff. But sometimes I have to be like, you know what? I need to start reading some other things that are a little bit more uncomfortable or might stretch or push me more. And I have to discipline mm-hmm. myself to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I think we have to just like, dis- we have to, it's just developing the discipline to be uncomfortable and realize the value in it. Don't yeah. be uncomfortable if it's not growing you. 
Um, I love that. So. Yeah, these are great. So we talked about epic mindset, work ethic, communication, confidence, collaboration, critical thinking, adaptability. Did I miss any essential skills when I took notes? I think those are the big ones. Did I do I good? think we could talk a lot more. Yo, you I'm hit a good it perfect. note-taker. Yeah, you're a wonderful <laughs> note-taker. That is a technical skill, though, so no that. points yes. awarded. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> yep, not a soft skill. I was a very traditional learner. There I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't I... do well in the hair industry. I, no. I fired myself from doing hair. Okay, moved into management. <laughs> yes, moved. Yep. Yeah, they pushed me in the, yeah, I got downgraded. I'm a manager okay. now. <laughs> I love oh. it. So it's so great having you on this show of how to be tenacious. What last piece of advice do you want to give everybody? Mm, it's never too late. Oh, that's good. I, I, want you, I mean, I can just yeah. say that. It's never too late. Never My too late. My great-grandmother got her college degree at yeah. 80. You mm. know, I, I couldn't tell you what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. Yeah. Um, it's never too late to become good at public speaking. It's never too late to become kind. It's never too late mm-hmm. to, to stand up for a cause that you haven't stood up in before, but now you can't. It's just never too late. It's never too late. And, and, and that's the beautiful part about being human. It's mm-hmm. never too late. And so why not just take that and run with it? See what life can look like yeah. when you have that mentality. I love that. Because um, I, I really do believe life should be awesome. What, what a waste mm. if it's not. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it always has to be fun, but I do think it should be awesome. So that's right. I live love like it. it. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.